Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey guys, it's Kayla. Candace is shooting today, so she's unable to join us, but we are all still so directionally challenged and we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But guess what? Surprise, we don't. And that's okay. It really is okay. And that's why we have this podcast to remind ourselves that it's okay. Today, we are talking to an exceptional woman. We have Tanya Dalton on our podcast. She is a best-selling author, speaker, nationally recognized productivity expert, and serves as a growth strategist for female leaders. In addition to her first book, The Joy of Missing Out, being named one of the top 10 business books of the year by Fortune Magazine. Magazine. Tanya's podcast, The Intentional Advantage, has received millions of downloads from listeners around the world. You have seen her all over the place because she's also a featured expert on several networks, including NBC and Fox, and is a contributor for entrepreneur.com. 
She's been featured in some of the world's leading publications, including Forbes, Fast Company, and Real Simple. She's been awarded the Elite Enterprising Woman Award and has been named the Female Entrepreneur to Watch for the state of North Carolina. Tanya is also the founder and CEO of Inkwell Press Productivity Co., a multi-million dollar company providing tools that work as a catalyst in helping women to do less while achieving maximum success. She is someone we have wanted on this podcast because we always talk about how busy our life is. And Tanya holds the key to help us in this regard. So without further ado, here is my interview with Tanya Dalton. And we are here with Tanya Dalton. Tanya, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited for us to chat. We're going to have a lot of fun. We are. Okay, so we speak all the time on this podcast about the busyness of life. It's something that we have talked about for really the past four years, this chaotic rush from one thing to the next and how much we really would like to change that. But we just don't know how. It's the how that's the key. And we're really lucky. We're in luck today because this is what you do best in your new book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. You have the key to change what we so desperately need. I know that On Purpose was designed to teach us how to take intentional pauses and to challenge us to think for ourselves and shake the foundations of how we view our world. But I think in order to fix this issue, it's important for us to understand how we got here. So we'd like to discuss that first, the busyness of our lives, how they kind of took a life of their own and our schedules are so full. And we find ourselves just, I I find myself not able to find time to relax and take a minute. So first, can we start with, can you give us any insight on how we got to this point? Oh, absolutely. Like, I love talking about this because I feel like busy is this badge of honor. There's this glorification of busy where we feel like if we're not busy, we're somehow failing. Like, have you ever had that that moment where you've done the things you need to do and you're standing maybe in your house and you're like, oh, hold on. I've got like 10 minutes where there's nothing scheduled. Like this is, something's wrong. (laughs) Something is not quite right. We feel a little bit unsettled when we have this like free space or this time for ourselves. And it's because we find a lot of our value in the doing. We feel like we have to do more. We have to do enough in order to earn our worth or to earn our value or to earn the love of other people or to earn whatever it is we have in our heads. And the truth is you earn your value just by being here, right? But it's hard because society really pushes this message of hustle, rinse, repeat. I mean, how many things do you see with the word hustle on them? Coffee cups and and journals and posters. And it's like, hustle, hustle, hustle. If you're not hustling, you're dying. And the truth is, if you are busy, you're chasing your tail. You're doing a thousand things and not really moving in the direction you want to move in. I like to explain it to people like this. If I were to say to you right now, take 50 steps in 50 different directions, where are you going to end up? You might end up next to where you are now. You might end up behind where you are now. Who knows where you're going to end up? But if instead you chose to take only five steps, five steps forward in an intentional direction, where are you going to end up? Closer to where you want to go. It's not about the quantity. It's the quality of the work that we do. It's choosing to say no so that we can say yes to the things that really matter to us, that drive us forward, that get us excited, that that light up our soul. I I think so many of us are filling our calendars and we're not filling our souls. It's so interesting because that's one of the first questions on your website. 
and it mm-hmm. immediately hit hit me when I was researching <laughs> you for this. I I really resonated with me because there are so many things in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at my calendar and think, do I even want to do any of this? And and the answer is no to a lot of them. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is something that I think I just realized while researching you and your books for this episode. And so how do we get better at saying no? Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it is honestly, and this is something I go, I have a whole chapter on saying no in my first book, The Joy of Missing Out, because it's so hard for us, especially as women, to say no. We have a really hard time kind of separating the answer of yes or no with the relationship of the person that's that's asking us, right? And we feel guilty. We feel like we should say yes. We're supposed to say yes. And what happens is every time we say yes, we're saying no to something else. And a lot of times what we're really saying no to is our family our priorities, our passion projects, the things that are really important to us. But every time you're saying yes, there's a no hidden in there. You just don't realize it. And and so it is stopping to recognize, okay, if I say yes to this opportunity, what am I going to have to shut down? What am I going to have to say that I'm not going to do? What am I going to have to give less time to? And when you start to really recognize that, you're like, oh, wait, that means I'm not going to have that time with my kids. Or that means I'm not going to have the time to do the thing I really want to do in my business. Or that means whatever it is, I don't have time to work on that goal I'm working on. We start to recognize, do I want to say yes to this? We say yes out of obligation. We say yes because it's an easy answer because it lights people up and it makes them feel good. And we feel good for a second. We're like, oh, that felt so good. And then we're like, why did I just say yes to that? (laughs) Right? And we have it in our calendar and we feel like it's this stone, this heavy weight around our neck. Like, oh gosh, obligation. It's not about whether you have the time. And I think that's the big thing that people have to understand is we have to separate the fact that when people ask us that if we say, well, we have the time, so it should be a yes. Asking whether you have the time to do it. When I go through and I do like a little finding your yes kind of chart where it's like, the first question is, how does this fulfill your North Star? Is this tied to your mission, your vision, your core values? You know, is this something that fires you up? Is this something that's going to get you closer to something you want? Then, and only then do we say, okay, do I have the time? But a lot of times we say, well, I've got 15 minutes, so I'm going to say yes to this four-hour project <laughs> somebody else has given me. So yeah, I'm going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we have those 10 minutes, we so easily reach for our phone instinctually, not even knowing, check our Mm -hmm. email, check our text messages. And it's almost like we're finding the next thing instead of taking a minute to just sit and, I don't know, eat an apple or drink a glass of water and look out the window and take a minute for yourself. It sounds so simple, but I'm going to take this a step further and ask, you know, for your guidance in this, because I realized that when I have time off, there's another element to this where I don't know what to do to fill myself up. I don't know mm-hmm. if I need to be around people and fill myself up that way or if I need alone time. And so how do we then know what to do within our spare time once we carve it out to really, truly fill our souls up? as you say. Yeah. Well, I think it's because we don't ever really take time to take stock of what it is I like. It feels almost like, you know, something we feel guilty about. Like, is that okay to worry about what I like? Shouldn't I be worrying about everybody else? 
But I like to tell people, if you have a just like a little short list that you pop next to your computer of things I like to do, and you spend a little bit of time brainstorming, I like to have people brainstorm what I like to do if I have 10 minutes, what I like to do if I have 30 minutes, what I like to do if I have an hour, because that way we don't default to scrolling on the phone. We don't default because it becomes really easy. It's right next to us. And here's a really interesting fact. Do you know that over the course of our lifetime, it's anticipated the average person will spend five years and four months on social media? Oh, no. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know that marathon you've been talking about running or you know that goal? Like, yeah, you could do that in that five years, four months, right? Five years and four months. Mm -hmm. That is such a significant amount of life. And yet it makes so much sense because so many of us, I have a lot of friends who have found themselves on social media a ton. And so they've Mm -hmm. set that time limit for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, even the idea of having to set a time limit for 40 minutes as if you would spend more time than 40 minutes a day on social media is terrifying. But you're right. You add it all up. It ends up being five years. And the truth is that's the average, right? So a lot of us, it could be more. And that's the average. So some people more, especially people who are like business owners and things like that, who also use it for work. So it it really is one of those things where it's one of those habits that we have. And what's really interesting about habits is Duke University found that 40 to 45 of our daily action, 40 to 45% of our daily actions are actually habits. They're things we do without thinking, right? Which makes sense because we don't want to think about how to put our pants on or how to tie our shoes. We just do them out of habit. Picking up your phone is one of those habits. So if you choose instead to put your phone in the other room so that when you have a break, you're not going to pick it up automatically. Like I don't have my phone next to my bed ever because I know that I would be inclined to pick it up first thing in the morning and I don't want to do that. So I create a barrier so it's not easy for me to do, right? Also, when I first, right now, and then we can talk about this later if you want, but I'm no longer on social media as a business owner, as an author, I have made a stand and I've taken a stand against social media that I went off of social media as of January 1st of this past year. But prior to that, when I was feeling like I was spending a lot of time on social media, the spot where my Instagram app was, I replaced it and put my meditation app there instead. So when my finger automatically went to that app, I would open up the meditation app instead. But having a list or having an idea of things that I really like to do, like going outside and just sitting going for a walk. I will go at my office. I will go check the mail three times a day, not because I'm expecting any special prizes in there, but because it gives me something, an excuse to be outside, right? Uh, So having a list of things that you can do instead, I put my phone a lot of times in the glove box when I am driving in the car, because then I'm more likely to have conversations with my kids when we get someplace early, or if I'm waiting in the carpool line, right? And that's when amazing conversations happen instead of me defaulting to just picking up and scrolling. So it really is about giving yourself obstacles. If there's a habit you want to break and scrolling your phone is definitely one of them, replace it with something else very intentionally. Like I said, we're replacing the app or adding that extra obstacle. I don't keep cookies on that bottom shelf of my pantry for a reason. I keep them on the top shelf because it's really hard to get to. Same thing with your phone right? Same thing with whatever it is that you feel like is a time suck for you. We constantly have that conversation, my husband and I, like, just don't buy it. And it's, the food won't be in the house and <laughs> right. then we won't eat it. And, and it's so it's so simple, but yet so difficult. But what an accomplishment for you 
to have made the decision as a female business owner Mm -hmm. to not be on social media. What went into that? How hard was that to make that decision? And do you feel like it has enhanced your personal life, but has it at all been detrimental to your business? Love all these questions because honestly, I believe being on social media is a limiting belief for most business owners. We feel like we have to be on social media. And the truth is I went into business for myself because I wanted to break the rules. I wanted to create my own rules for myself. And then I was suddenly living by somebody else's rules, playing to an algorithm, playing to what I thought I was supposed to do, playing to the fact that everybody else was doing these things. And the truth is it was an easy, difficult decision, right? Like it was easy in the fact that it was like, I just want to go off social media. It didn't bring me a lot of joy, didn't bring me a lot of happiness. And I felt like it was taking up so much of my time. It was difficult because you do look around and you think, oh, everybody else is here. But what I did was I started to really dive into my my metrics, looking into my numbers. Not And this is the thing is social media is a vanity metric a lot of times. Like it looks good that I have 20,000 followers. It looks good that this many people like this image, but are they actually acting on it? Are they implementing what I'm talking about? Or are they purchasing? Are they doing those things? And so when I went in and I started to look at my numbers, I found that my soulmate clients, which is what I call my ideal avatar, I call them my soulmate clients. Like I love working with them. They love working with me. It's like, ah, amazing, right? So when I look at my soulmate clients, they weren't really finding me on social media and connecting with me there. They were following me, but that wasn't what got them to want to work with me. And so I started to realize social media was taking up a huge chunk of time. Like It was taking up a massive amount, not just of brain space, but also monetarily because I was paying people to help me manage it. And then we were doing graphics and we're doing all those things, right? A huge amount of my time, energy, money, effort, all of that for a very small result. And the truth is when it comes to making decisions about what I want to do in my business or in my personal life, I want very little effort to result in a huge impact, right? I want the opposite. So when I started to realize, listen, people aren't really finding me here. And I think this is the thing is we feel like if we're not on social media, people don't think we're alive. I have a podcast. I've got, you know, I've got books that have come out. There's lots of ways that I connect with people. So I stepped back and I decided, you know what? What would this look like for me? And I realized I would stop defaulting to what everybody else was doing. I would think outside of the box of how to connect with my followers and the people who listen to my podcast. And I thought, what could I do that would be different, that would be more exciting? I started doing these live events where I'm not selling anything. It's not a webinar. It's The agenda is completely driven by my listeners submitting questions. And I will have questions and they'll do chat and we'll do that all live on video. I started doing like better emails to my followers, right? I made them so they felt more behind the scenes and they were much more intimate. And what's interesting, because you asked if it's been detrimental to my business. First of all, for me personally, it was like I got an energetic haircut. Like I was like, oh gosh, this feels so good. Like I just, you know, I just lost like 50 pounds of weight. But with my business, my email open rate has gone up 25%. That's traffic I own. That's, that's, and what I'm doing is I'm encouraging them to email me back right? Like I'll, I'll post, I'll say something in an email and they feel like they're getting an email directly from me because I'm not spending the time on social. It's only for them. And they get behind the scenes. I share images of things. I share all kinds of things. And that relationship has gotten better. It's gotten deeper because I left social media. 
Wow. So your impact has accelerated, which is fascinating. That's incredible because truly, yeah, I think social media is still a brand new in the scheme of things device that we're using for business. So we're still learning what works, what doesn't. I mean, it's been around for like, what, 10 years versus business has been around for thousands. It's pretty new. (laughs) Right. It's new. And even within those 10 years, it's accelerated and changed in so many ways. So I think we're all still learning who we are through social media and how it does affect our business. Well, that is a fascinating. That's just that's incredible. Thank you. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, 
and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. I really would love to go through some of the steps in your book that you talk about. There's only four of them. And I feel like they're really key without obviously, we want our listeners to go buy the book and go through it all. So without giving away too much, you know, I want to talk about the first step because you talk about reflection. And I think that's sort of what we're doing here anyways, is just starting to reflect. And you talk about how we all have a past and we can choose to let it affect ourselves or not. So I I love this theory in reality, but I I I think it can be really hard to implement. Like sometimes reading the words, it's inspiring and we all want to do it, but then actually doing it in our everyday life is more difficult than it seems. So do you have any advice in that regard? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think reflection is so important. I think it is really important because we have to look backwards in order to move forwards. It's, it's, it's imperative for us to know where we've been and where we want to go. And the, the truth is, the reason why we don't like to look back at our past is a lot of times it's full of a lot of hurt. It's full of heartache. It's full of trauma or it's full of failures. It's full of things that we don't like. It's really easy to say, I like these shiny trophies. I like the things that look good. And I'll use those as springboards. But truthfully, it's when you pull out all the junk and you look at the things that are not good, the not pretty things, those are even stronger. They're even more powerful. And let me give you an example. If I were to say to your listeners right now, I want you to list out 20 things that you want, 20 things that you want in the next 12 months. You'd be like, oh gosh, okay. Do I have to do 20? Can I do like 10? Can I do five? Right? That was exactly what I just thought. 20? I don't even know if I can come up with 20. (laughs) Okay. But can you come up with 20 things you don't want to repeat from the past? 20 things that you don't want to have happen again? 20 things, right? You're like, 20? Can I write down 50? And the truth is, when you know what you don't want, we can push against that to really discover what we do want. Like for me, with my business, I went through a season at one point years and years ago where we had thousands and thousands of products that had just arrived and the whole warehouse is filled top to bottom, front to back. I open up a box, every product inside is damaged. I open up a second box, a third box, a fourth box, 150th box, the 500th box, they're all damaged, right? It's devastating. And I'm like, okay, we got we to fix this. And it's not as easy as just like, hey, I needed you to send more stuff. We had to take things apart and reassemble them. And it was a nightmare. I was spending seven days a week, 14, 15 hour days trying to, because I knew if I didn't do this, it was my business was sunk, right? And my kids would get off the bus. They'd go straight to the warehouse. We would eat dinner at the warehouse. We do everything at the warehouse. 
I, I get to the end of these three months. We've survived. <laughs> Business is all intact. And I look back at that time and you know what I thought about myself? I didn't think, wow, amazing, I did that. I thought, world's worst mom. I am the worst mom. My kids ate dinner on the floor of the warehouse while I'm working on this. Well, you know, I'm having them help me fix all these things. And so it's easy to just say, well, I guess I'm the world's worst mom and that's the end of the story. But instead I thought, I don't ever want to feel this way again. If I don't want to feel this way again, what do I need to do? That's when I made the decision to push against that regret into resilience. And I decided I'm going to set stronger boundaries for myself. I'm never doing this again. So stronger boundaries for my vendors so that things would not arrive damaged again. Stronger boundaries for myself. I stopped at that point, and that was years ago. I stopped work at three o'clock every day moving forward. And I stopped working on Fridays. And if you had told me prior to that, that that was even possible to work a four-day week from you know eight o'clock to four o'clock or eight o'clock to three o'clock, not work on Fridays, I would have said, that's crazy. But I had that regret. I didn't want to experience that again. I've been doing that for years now, running a multi-seven-figure business, not working, you know, 80, 100 hours a week. That's incredible. And you know, the truth is your kids probably loved that experience too. It's We're, oh, we're so hard yeah. on ourselves. But <laughs> the idea of like going to this warehouse, eating dinner, like helping mom, like it's it's a change of life pace and it's different and it's cool. And so sometimes we are our worst critics in that. And that, that's a really good example of you, you know, finding something to then push back on. But it, 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 in reality, maybe your kids will look back on that at some point and think, wow, that was really fun and cool. And we got to go do this different thing. And so it's- They made towers out of bubble wrap because we have like giant things of bubble. They thought it was awesome. (laughs) I felt terrible. (laughs) But this is the thing is it's all in how you use that perspective. You can use it to define you or you can use it to drive you forward to the life you want. Yeah, that's so Mm -hmm. interesting because you're right. I find myself getting rid of all the stuff I don't want to remember and not utilizing that to help push myself forward. So that I can't. Okay, thank you for that. That's great. So (laughs) then your next thing is to clarify what we want for the future, which I love the Mm -hmm. idea of this. I think we all kind of grow up going, you know, have have goal boards, clarify what you want, you know, and this is interestingly a part of your book where you say a lot of us feel stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. I think that we think that there's this magical moment where like the clouds part and all of a sudden rainbows shoot out of the sky and we're suddenly unstuck because we're like, I just need to get unstuck, right? Like, oh, when's that moment going to happen? And the truth is the opposite of stuck is not unstuck. The opposite of stuck is action, choosing to take action, small, tiny action. I think we get really caught up in the big jumps, the giant leaps, right? That we think that we have to like run and jump across the chasm, right? Like, But it's like the Grand Canyon. So it's frightening and it's scary. If instead we chose to put one foot in front of the next, we can make our way down the walls of the Grand Canyon, go across and up the other side in a day, right? It's not that difficult. And so the thing is, is really focusing in on those small steps, the teeny tiny steps. Once you take that first itty bitty step, the second step becomes easier. The third step becomes a little bit bigger. The fourth step becomes a little bit faster. And all of a sudden you build that momentum. The truth is there's not going to be a moment where you get unstuck. It's going to be you choosing to take action. That's what's going to make the difference. And that's part of that second part. You know, we talked about reflection. This is part of projection in really figuring out what it is you want in your life. What does success look like for you? And then choosing to get yourself unstuck from that. 
I think sometimes when we set goals and I'm speaking for myself, you know, you want the you you set the giant goal and it almost feels so big that it feels pointless at times. You're like, well, why would I? I don't even that's going to be a lot of work. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And who am I to do that? Who am I to do that? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I guess the idea is set set little goals along the way that then lead you to that. And I. I, I really like your Grand Canyon comparison of just taking one little step because you're right. Leaping across does seem really hard and difficult and kind of. And dangerous. <laughs> so dangerous. <laughs> and I find myself too now as a mom having this idea of setting the goal seems so big, but when will I have time? Do I even have time to do that? And like, you know, so I, I like your idea of you, you compartmentalize your day. Okay. Here where I'm work, going to work till three and I'm going to do that set, set a set, a set aside time to achieve that goal till three. And then I'm going to be with my kids. And I think that's important too, because we work from home now, a lot of us and a lot of some, some of us, I guess most people are going back into the office now. It depends on what city you live in and where you are in your workforce. But I think a lot of us since the pandemic have had this idea that we're working from home now. And so it is all kind of mended, melded together and we don't know what to do. And so achieving that goal has become a little bit harder. Yeah, it, it is because a lot of it bleeds together. And I, I think the other thing is some of our goals have shifted and maybe we feel bad that our goals have shifted or they've changed. But the truth is you've changed. You've evolved and grown. It's okay to have your goals change as well. I think really one of the one of the benefits of the pandemic, which is not a phrase you hear often, <laughs> benefits of the pandemic, the silver lining of it is, and we have to look for the silver lining, is that it's really began to clarify what was most important to us, what we wanted in our lives, right? There's a line in The Joy of Missing Out, my first book, where I say, it's hard to know what's important until your ship starts sinking. And suddenly, as your boat is filling with water, you start throwing things overboard. You're like, oh, don't need this, don't need that, gonna throw that overboard, don't need this anymore. Well, when the pandemic hit, everybody's boat was sinking. And suddenly, you're throwing things overboard. And it became so much easier to say, these are the things that are important right? So go back to that time. What were the things that you really zeroed in on that were important? And the truth is, when we start to zero in with what is really important, that lets us start to really define what does success look like for me? Because I truly think one of the big issues we have when it comes to setting our goals is that we're not setting the right goals. We're not setting the right goals for us. We set our goals based off what everybody else is doing. Well, she's doing amazing things, so I need to do more of that. Or I see her over here and she's doing these things. I'm going to do those things. And instead, if we choose to look into the future, which is what being on purpose is, it's looking out into the the future, seeing this bright, beautiful horizon ahead of us of where we want to go. And then we work backwards. And I walk through how to do this in the book. How do you figure out where it is you want to go and then work your way backwards? Then you can figure out these are the goals for me. These are the goals that are aligned to that much bigger vision of what it is I want, the giant goal that you really want. Breaking it down, making it easier, making it bite-sized, making it so that when you achieve each goal, you're even more excited to do the next one, right? That's how we really build that momentum and motivation. Right. Oh, that's such a good key. That's such a good key to remember the celebration of it all. You don't you don't wait till the very end to the finish line to celebrate. Just celebrate each little step along the way. And then it becomes fun. And then you want to continue to do it more. 
I love I I love that. Okay, so now your your third third three or four steps, you want us to act, correct? We need to align our actions with who we are and where we got, want to go. And I guess that's actually what we were just discussing as well. During the pandemic, we were able to truly align with who we are and where we want to go. Yes. Yeah, it really is taking the big things and breaking them down. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny because I mentioned goal boards earlier. I love a good actionable thing. Like how do we, how do we actually do that? So what, I mean, what are some other ways that we can kind of figure out how to align ourselves and what we really want and need? Mm, well, one of the things that I love doing, especially with business owners is we sit down and we, we do define what success looks like. I mean, when's the last time you really thought to yourself, what does success look like? What do you say? Like, oh, I'll know it when I, when I get there right? And then you never get there. So we constantly have this feeling of dissatisfaction. So a lot of times when I'm talking with entrepreneurs and business owners, I talk about the business is the vehicle to get you the life you want. The business is not the end goal. It's part of what gets you to that life you want. You are more than just a business owner or what you do from nine to five. There is you emotionally, relationally, uh, physically, all of those things. There's like six different areas of our lives that we need to think about other than how much revenue am I generating? How much money am I making? What does the business look like? So we start to really look out at what do I want one year from now, five years from now? What do I want my life to look like 20 years from now? Now that you know that, then we can work backwards and say, okay, then I want to have this financially. And if I know I need to have this financially, my revenue has to be whatever it needs to be, right? And then we start working backwards. Again, it's looking out on the horizon to see where it is you want to go with intention, working our way backwards to figure out what is it I need to do now. And that's what's going to help us build those action steps. That's what's going to allow us to know what goals we want to set and really what habits we want to establish for ourselves. Because I feel like a lot of times the work we do is really tied to how it looks on the outside. Even something like, you know, here's a goal that I hear all the time. I want to lose 10 pounds or however many pounds, right? We get caught up in that number. And if really, if you're looking at the horizon of where it is you want to go, that future you have for yourself, it's not about the 10 pounds. It's really more about being healthy and active well into your 80s and 90s, let's say, right? So is it the 10 pounds or is it more about healthy eating? So, okay, let's not set our goal about the 10 pounds. Let's set a goal about healthy eating or exercising or things that really help us build into that long-term goal of being healthy and active in our golden years, right? And so it's that because we get tied up in what do things look like for today? We lose track of where it is we're wanting to go. And that's what we want to do is we want to really always keep in mind where it is we're moving towards. What are those five steps today that are going to get me closer to where I want to go? And where is it I want to go? (laughs) Right. Your kids are so lucky to have you as a mom and have this guidance at their fingertips. (laughs) I tell them that all the time and they don't believe me. So it's weird. Not yet. (laughs) Once they they get to college age and move out and realize what they have, then they'll come back and need all the advice. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com And we're back. Okay. And so this last element is really key because you talk about flexibility and us being very flexible in our lives. This is something that I think no one has really discussed yet. No one talks about this being a key to success because then if we're flexible, we're prepared for whatever comes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I used to say, I used to say that we make plans in pencil, but goals should be set in ink. And that was like the dumbest thing I could have ever said. Like goals should not be written in ink. They should be written in pencil because sometimes it shifts. Sometimes it changes. Sometimes you start a goal with a fire in your belly. And then all of a sudden you're like, "Eh, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Right. And sometimes that happens three months down the road or three weeks down the road or three days down the road. So really what happens is life happens. You know, we something else appears in our in our view and suddenly we're like, oh, this is really what I wanted. I, I like to say that a lot of times we're on this like super highway of life and we're going like 80 miles per hour and we're go, go, go and we're moving towards a goal. And then all of a sudden we look down and we're like, whoa, I'm not on the highway anymore. Like I got totally off track, right? Because life happened. Somebody got sick or, you know, a pandemic happened or God knows what, but we get off track because we're humans and we're people. This is when it's really important to do what I call the three A's. The first A is to acknowledge, okay, I got off track. Not beat yourself up, not tell yourself you're the worst. Just say, okay, I got off track. Where am I? I'm not on the highway anymore, right? Then we get to that second A, assess. All right, I'm off track. I'm no longer on that highway. Where am I? Do I like where I am? Because suddenly you might be on a mountain view where you're seeing these beautiful vistas and there's this great diner down the street and you're like, you know, I think I like this a lot more than I like that highway. But we wouldn't have even known it existed if we hadn't gotten off track, right? So right then when we assess, it's like, okay, I can go back to the highway or I can choose not to. Both of those are options. You can go back and you can change what you're doing or you can say, I'm gonna change the goal, which gets us to our third A. So we acknowledge, assess, and then adjust. All right, if I wanna get back on the highway, what do I need to do to get back there? What are some simple things I need to change and adjust to get me back on the highway? Or maybe I need to adjust this goal altogether or throw it out and set a new goal for myself, a new metric for success. Then we can move forward. But the truth is nobody ever gets from point A 
to point Z in a straight line. Anybody that you admire, anybody that you look at and you think, wow, look at the incredible things they've created. They did not have a straight line. A lot of times they backtracked, they went into a loop, right? They got off and there's a detour. And the truth is, it's the detours of life that truly get us to the life that we are designed for. I was just going to say that's what we've found on this podcast. So many of the highly successful people that we admire, that we interview, everyone talks about taking pivots in their life and thinking they were going one direction and then deciding to go another. And that is that flexibility that you're talking about is being confident enough in yourself and trusting yourself to know, okay, I was set out to take this route. And then now I found that this route's actually even better and then being excited about it. And it's just, that's such a parallel that we have found throughout interviewing you and so many of our guests is just being able to be flexible enough to take that pivot or as you said, detour. You know, at this point, you've done so much research. You've done not only for your books, but you have an incredible podcast where you interview people all the time. And what is, is there one piece of advice that you have found that has helped you personally? that has really resonated within you. Someone has said, it doesn't have to be anything mind-blowing, just something that you feel like has really helped you in life. Well, I love what you were just saying too about, you know, everybody that you talk to, most of them have had pivots. I certainly did. This is not at all where I thought I would be, but gosh, I'm so glad that I am. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be a stay-at-home mom, which makes my husband laugh because he's like, as much as I love business, (laughs) he's like, that's crazy town. Yeah. It's so... That's the thing is, is my own life is a detour. And I think most people's lives are detours. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I I would say, honestly, the piece of advice that has always served me well is don't be afraid to look stupid. I think a lot of times we keep our mouths shut and we don't ask questions because we're afraid we're going to look dumb or we're we're afraid that we are going to look like we don't know what we're doing. And the truth is, none of us know what we're doing. We're all just fumbling and bumbling our own way through life. And there are times where we're like, yes, I'm an expert in this. And there are times where we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask the question more than once. If you somebody answers and you don't feel like you really understand it, ask again. That is probably the biggest secret to my success. That's what allowed me to scale and grow businesses to seven figures is that I'm not afraid to look dumb and ask the questions. So let go of of what that looks like and know that people are always really happy to A, talk about themselves (laughs) and B, share their own expertise. So asking people questions is actually a nice gift that you give to other people because they get to set themselves up as experts. That's fascinating because that is why we started this podcast to begin with. We felt like we didn't know where we were in life and what was happening. And we thought, okay, if we feel this way, I'm sure other people do too. Let's start a podcast. And it's we're going on year five now. So this is before everyone had a podcast. We just decided for fun, let's just start this so that we can grow as individuals and try to figure life out. And and it's really helped us. And I was that shy girl in school who never wanted to ask a question because I was nervous about looking stupid. I'm sure so many people listening to this relate to that on some level. So the idea of just freeing ourselves enough to, it's okay, look stupid, who cares? The truth is we probably care more than anyone else. And if we (laughs) have that question, someone else in the classroom, someone else at the seminar, someone else in the world has that question too. So I love that advice. Thank you. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So one other question I have for you 
you know, we talked a lot today about taking time for ourselves and making that list of what can we do with 10 minutes? What do we like to do with 30 minutes? What do you like to do? What are some of the things that you do as a wildly successful businesswoman, mother? I mean, you have a lot in your everyday. So what do you do to take time for yourself? Well, thank you for not saying that I'm busy because I don't like to say that I'm busy. (laughs) People are always like, you must be so busy. I'm like, no, I am not busy. I intentionally choose how I spend my time. Um, (laughs) I'm allergic to that word busy. I, I like to spend my time honestly being outside, especially with the weather, with spring and summer coming and all of that. That's why I moved to Asheville when I did. I moved to Asheville in 2012 so I could spend more time outside. So I will go outside and just sit and watch the birds and listen. And I will just enjoy being outside in nature. I love to read. I read at least a chapter every day of a book, whether it's a business book or a fiction book. Um, I love doing personal growth. So I always, I spend, my husband and I do an hour of growth time every day as well. It's one of the other things that's kind of a um, non-negotiable for me. I love, I love spending time with my kids. I love to cook. What does what mean? What is, what is growth time when you say that? Just a a quick synopsis of what that is, because that's fascinating. Well, growth time, I alternate between business growth and personal growth. So it changes it up on a regular basis. I will listen to a podcast and then I'll come up with like way things I want to think about. So my husband and I, we will sit down and I'll be like, this is what I listen to on this podcast and hear some thoughts. And then he'll push back on his thoughts and he will have a full discussion about why we think the way that we do. We think we talk a lot about how we think, or if I'm reading a business book, I will uh, take some of the things that's getting me to think like I love, and I love this in my books when people underline and write and they dog ear the pages. I go back after I read a book and then I start to pull questions for myself. So I make sure it's actionable that I'm going to do something with it. And so then he and I will sit down and I will, we'll talk about business and we'll autopsy like, okay, last time we did this for like a launch, what did you think about how we did this? And we take like, there's no emotion in it of like, you know, I'm the worst. I can't like, that was a bad thing. It's fully like stepping outside of ourselves as the observer. What did we do? Which, what did we want to do? Why do you think we made that choice? Did we agree with what we did now, knowing what we do now, right? So really just diving into that. When you start to think about how you think, it's incredibly powerful. And that is the number one way that you can change your life is by being cognizant of the thoughts that are going through your head and recognizing when I don't like the way that I'm thinking, when I'm getting into a space where maybe imposter syndrome is creeping in, or I feel like I'm not going to be able to do something because of whatever excuse I'm giving myself. I start to realize, okay, wait, how am I thinking here? Who am I showing up as? And do I want to change that? So really taking the time to think about how I'm thinking has shifted me personally and professionally in a thousand different ways. I can imagine doing that with your life partner is so purposeful as well, because then you have someone to hold you accountable. If you set something or you've had a discussion about something, you just have kind of your best friend there with you, guiding you along and helping you through the whole thing. So, and he knows my baggage, wow. so he can totally call right. me out on things. He's like, well, exactly. hold on, because when you were a kid, you did, and you're like, oh, damn it. So yeah, uh, it really is. I think that's, you know, my husband and I, we've been married 22 years, and we've been together for like 24. We're incredibly happy. And I think it is because we do this work together, that where we really dive into who we are and we talk about each other without judgment. We step outside of 
you know, some of that and look at each other as observers to help each other. It's really, it really is very powerful. That's incredible. It, my husband and I haven't hit a decade yet, but we will be there. And we've gone through this where we want to ask people. So I would love to end with this question just because you brought it up, what your secret to a long and lasting marriage is. And I guess you kind of answered that already, but you know. (laughs) Yeah, I did kind of answer it, but I do think it's communication. I think that most of the time when we get our feelings hurt or we're irritated or any of those things, it comes down to the fact that we're not communicating. Hey, this hurt my feelings. Or, hey, I don't like this. Or anything that it is. I think a lot of our happiness lies on the other side of a difficult five-minute conversation. And that five-minute conversation keeps us from having the 50 years of happiness. Honestly, we allow five minutes to hold us back. And if we just choose discomfort, the five minutes of uncomfortableness, generally, if you think about anything that you've gotten into with whether it's your spouse or your best friend or anybody, a a business partner, after the first five minutes, it's so much easier, right? It's so much easier, but it's the five minutes of discomfort. So communication, I think, is one of the most important things that we can do to really step into our lives fully and to allow other people to see us. We can't allow others to see us if we don't show them who we are. And that's part of communicating. Oh, Tanya, I love you. You are full of brilliant advice. I I truly mean that. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. For our listeners, I'm sure many of you have read The Joy of Missing Out, Tanya's first book. So Tanya's book who came out that came out in October, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life is available for you wherever you get your books. Also, make sure to listen to her podcast, Intentional Advantage Podcast with Tanya Dalton is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Tanya, thank you. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Oh, wait, they can't. Find you on social media at all, which is phenomenal. So, you guys, make sure you check out her books and her podcast. And Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, this was this was a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting because as we have each guest on this podcast, it does affect our lives, and we are able to research them and learn from them. And I realized as I was researching Tanya, how much my busy calendar wasn't fulfilling me. And it's interesting because it's something that I think I knew deep down, but I didn't acknowledge until this conversation with Tanya. And so now I've learned that I'm going to take all of those things that I've put on my schedule because I think I need to do them or I should do them. And the stuff that's not filling me up, I'm going to just say no. And that's something that's been really hard for me to do in my lifetime. And I know I've talked to Candace off mic about this a lot personally is I don't say no very well. And I'm very much a people pleaser. And so having Tanya's insight and all of her inspiration, she really inspired me. And, you know, I wish sometimes that we had video on this podcast because you could see the two of us just vibing with each other throughout the whole thing. But I feel grateful for the advice that she's given. I'm really going to be inspired now to say no. So to all of my friends listening, I love you. But if I end up saying no to you, please encourage this in me and help me out in this regard, because just know it's really hard for me to do. And I hope you guys are able to do this in your life as well. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with Acast. Acast.